Hello there. It's Friday. I'm Brett. He's Greg. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? It's Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's better. It sounded like a little bit more resigned than than excited. Oh, really? Like but, a yeah. solemn? It's yeah, Friday. Yeah, like it's Friday. It's Friday. Save that for Monday, bro. I'm Save it for Monday. sad that it's Friday. No, no, it's Friday, man. I'm excited. Sunny day. Jeff Courier, I think, is about to head out to the golf course. Like what does he say? A meeting with Mr. Green? Yes. <laughs> He's got the best sayings. We have to have Jeff on as a guest on our show one of these days and just shoot the breeze with him. Just get him to talk in sayings. Yes, 100%. Every every answer has to be a Jeff Courier-ism. An ism. He has so many isms. I'm going to start writing them down because if he's not going to write a book, I'm going to author a book (laughs) with his sayings and isms and famous quotes. He can sit and recite lines and lyrics from songs, A, that I've never heard of. So I don't know if they're accurate or not, but <laughs> you can't he, call sells him on it. It. he sells it real good, <laughs> let me tell you. He seems to know every lyric of every Bob Dylan song ever written, and he doesn't even, I don't even think he likes Bob Dylan that much. Anyway, uh, Jeff Courier, I hope you have a great weekend, my friend. Hope you have a great weekend. It is Mother's Day weekend, of course. And uh, fellas, if you haven't gotten out... To buy your wife or your mom, your mother-in-law. Greg, I'm sorry. Can I interrupt you for a moment, Greg? I just I will, Before you get into that thought, there's a breaking news situation okay. here. I just want to very quickly mention. Uh, police are on scene at Portage and Gary after getting a call for a suspicious package. So, again, this is Portage and Gary, suspicious package. Mm-hmm. Portage Avenue completely blocked off between Fort and Smith Streets. And Gary is also blocked between Ellis and Portage. So let me just say that again. Portage is blocked between Fort and Smith completely. And Gary is blocked between Ellis and Portage due to a suspicious package. We will keep you up to date on that as the situation progresses. And when they say completely blocked off, we always assume that that's in both directions. Yeah, it's it's blocked. You can't go. Portage is shut down between Fort and Smith. So you were saying, fellas? Yeah, fellas, if you haven't gotten anything yet. Mm-hmm. I hate that word, and I just used it, gotten. Why? I just don't like that word. If you oh. haven't gotten anything yet, okay. uh, we will uh, give you some advice. Our good friend, uh, Catherine Matricky from Calia Flowers will join us in studio. And we also have a list of uh, 10 Manitoba things Nice that you can uh, consider, ponder, purchase for Mother's Day. If you want to be really patriotic on this Manitoba birthday. 147 for Manitoba. And uh, have you ever bought your mom or made your mom like a really lousy Mother's Day gift? Uh, Mother's Day specifically, I can't recall. But I, I mean, I know that for I have made her stuff as all kids have do have to make things in school that are, you know, I remember making her a, a jewelry box kind of thing out of popsicle sticks and I was all sad that she never used Why aren't you using the thing that I made you? And she'd always try to to hide her disgust for it. You know? Oh, well, you know, I I I I I use it. And uh I could tell she hated it. And and she should have hated it. It was awful. It, should, ev- it would belonged it, it needed to be set on fire, not used for anything. Inevitably, uh those gifts from school were made from clay, popsicle sticks, paper mache 
or the string thing that you would do around the balloon and then pop the balloon. Some <laughs> sort of funky, I don't know if it was supposed to be a lampshade or something similar. But yeah, those crappy gifts. I got my mom, my brother Kevin and I, we were living in Brandon. We lived close to the Kmart. This is how far back this goes. Uh, in Brandon, west end of town. And we were looking around, you know what you do when you're kids. And we had probably too much money at our disposal. We had 10 bucks each. Ooh. Okay, so 20 in a hole in your pocket. $20 in 1979, 78. This is a ton of cash, yep. right? So we find this. I still can't believe we purchased it. It was an African woman like a like a tribal leader holding a spear, a, a, a plump black woman holding a spear, which actually was part of a bar set. Okay. And on the head was a, was a one ounce and a two ounce shooter glass. And then the, and then the little toys and the mechanisms that you need for making a martini. Oh, don't try and find it on the internet. <laughs> I've tried to find it because I've wanted to tell the story for a long time. I can't find a picture of it anywhere. Okay. It was the most racist thing ever. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> With the beads and everything. And we willfully went up and purchased this thing for whatever it was, 17 or $18 plus the tax. And then Mother's Day comes around and we're like, we can't give this to her. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> Not okay. only like we're nine and seven, we're we're we've bought something that encourages the consumption of alcohol, A, and B, it's horribly racist. So I tried to take it back to Kmart. Okay. And the lady at the customer service just looked in the box, looked at me and said, No, there's no chance we're taking this back. I said, Well, can like can you go back? I bought it three days ago. Can you go back through your receipts? Yeah. I didn't have the receipt, of course, right? I'm thinking, <laughs> no, yeah, just go look it up. Go look it up. They would not bend. They would not budge. It's like nobody in their right mind would pay for this. You must have stolen it <laughs> because you wouldn't use your hard-earned money to buy this thing. And you had bought it from mm-hmm. from Kmart? Oh, yeah. And they, so they, they wouldn't... They would not take it back. I didn't oh have a receipt. Goodness. Okay. Right. And uh, it was the worst gift I ever bought. So we ended up giving it to her. And I think it sat underneath the sink for about nine years. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember throwing it away <laughs> when my mom moved one time. Mom, you both done with this? Yes. Yes, please. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah, it was the worst gift. Seven eight zero six eight six eight. The worst Mother's Day gift you ever got or ever gave by text or by phone. We'd love to hear from you. Well, I'm going to. You couldn't find it, could you? I'm just going to. No, I'm bound and determined to look for (laughs) that, though. I've got to put my Google Foo skills into action to see if I can locate it. But uh, we're just going to quickly test here to see if my mom ever listens on the radio uh, because I stopped today at. Lilac Bakery on Grosvenor, mm-hmm. you know, just east of Stafford. Yes. And I, I, I went in there and I bought a couple of things and brought it home to try. And turns out my mom really likes one of the things I got. It's called Dream Cake. It's like this pink slice. It wasn't my thing, but she loves it. So I stopped there today and I bought three slices. And the guy says, you doing this for Mother's Day? And I said, you betcha. And he said, well, that's very proactive of you to get ahead of this. So Absolutely. On a Friday morning, no less. Yeah, Good for you, Brett McGarry. Well, they're closed on Sundays, so I had to I had to get a, a couple of steps ahead. Sunday shopping has saved so many 
guys over the last decade since it became a thing. And you'll find the odd store that even opens before noon now, right? Which is great. Yep. You know, you've forgotten the card or what have you. And, you know, Shoppers Drug Mart, ah, oh, bless you. You have great stuff. <laughs> you have great stuff. You're the best. Shoppers Drug Mart, the best last minute store on the planet. They have the whole buffet of all the different gift cards you could possibly need. Yep. Some, some and many that you don't need, but fortunately they have all the ones that you do need as an option. And then they have, you know, they have electronics, they have cosmetics, they have all the stuff that you could possibly need for a last minute gift. So I'm giving a shout out to uh, Shoppers Drug Mart for that. 204-780-6868. What's the worst Mother's Day gift that you have ever purchased or perhaps produced for your mom. I saw that we had a guy named Ron on the line, but he disappeared. So, Ron, feel free to call us back. Maybe his line cut. I don't know. But in the meantime, let's go to Bob at 204-780-6868. Hey, Bob, what's the worst gift you got for mom? Yeah, I don't know what was the worst gift. It was the last time I took my mother to a restaurant on Mother's Day. My mother worked for years in the restaurant industry, and, and she was impossible to impress when you took her out for to a restaurant, but you know we thought that, you know it's a nice break for her. She she was always cooking, so we we take her to this restaurant and she sits down and, and she she instantly starts assessing the operation uh, and and for efficiencies and and she sits down. She happened to be sitting beside a hanging plant, a live hanging plant that had a bunch of dead leaves on it. So she no sooner sits down than she's picking these dead leaves off this plant. <laughs> and, and the poor waitress comes up, and, uh, and because it's Mother's Day, she focuses in on my mother, and she says, uh, and my, <laughs> she says, and what can we get for you, ma'am? And my mother says, I'd like a cup of coffee. I'd like it now, and I'd like it hot. And simultaneously, she hands this whole fistful of dead leaves to this poor waitress. <laughs> and it just went downhill from there. She just scowled through this whole process. And when we left, she actually muttered under her breath, what a waste of good money. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, A for effort, Bob. Yeah, I had enough of a sense of humor that I couldn't help but laugh at that whole ordeal. But it was the last time I took her to a restaurant. Well, Bob, I, first of all, I want to congratulate you on using the term. She started assessing the operation for efficiencies. It sounds like this is a process that you are quite versed in with your mother. Yeah, there's no wasted movement with my mother. <laughs> well, Bobby, thanks for sharing that story. That is fabulous. And uh, have a great You're weekend, welcome. okay? Yeah, you too, guys. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> 204-780-6868 is the number to call. Just got a text message. Uh, what the heck happened at Portage Eastbound at Smith? Well, we'll tell you. Police are on the scene. Portage and Gary... It is blocked off in both directions after getting a call for suspicious package. Portage Avenue completely blocked between Fort and Smith, and Gary is also closed between Ellis and Portage Avenue. Karen is at 204-780-6868. Hi, Karen. What do you have to say about Mother's Day? Karen, are you there? Karen's been sucked into the abyss. I think we're going to put Karen on hold, and uh, we're going to pause for your forecast. We have... 
But before we do that, we got a text here from Jason at 204-780-6868. He says, hey, do you and Greg ever go places and people recognize you by your voices? It's it's happened to me a couple of times. And one time it happened at a place, I think it's called Aardvark Pets on St. Mary's, uh, just south of Bishop Grand. And it's like right across the street from the mall. Uh, and the guy started talking to me about the couch potato stuff. But he, he did it in a way where I thought... Is he talking to me about the couch potatoes? <laughs> it was a very because it was the he was the first guy who had ever done that to me, so it was kind of a surreal experience. So, uh, yeah, I haven't. I should go back there and buy some some pet food. They had good pet food there. So you don't have any pets right now. No, but Brett. my sister has my cats, right? Oh, okay. So I could go there and buy them some quality pet food. Uh, 204-780-6868 is the number to call or text about Mother's Day. If you've bought, what's the worst gift you've had? Or if you have an amusing experience to share like Bob did, 204-780-6868. Your forecast is next. I'm Brad. He is Greg. We're talking about Mother's Day, asking the question, what's the worst gift you ever got for mom? Or maybe you had an interesting experience like Bob did where he took her out for supper and (laughs) said it was the last time he took her out for supper because she was assessing the operation for efficiencies. Great text here (laughs) from a listener at 204-780-6868. Most unique, a handmade card from my husband. From the father to you, the mother. I hope you're enjoying your children because you're not getting another. Here's another text at 7806868. This is the one I was laughing about. Our new home needed the walls sanded prior to painting. You know, the drywall and sanding's the worst job of all of them. I, I farm those out now. I won't do it anymore. Oh, good for you. My husband bought me a sander for Mother's Day. So I bought him a dishwasher for <laughs> Father's Day. <laughs> Turn around is fair play. I love that. Thank you. From Sandy, gift to my mom from my twin brothers. They were probably five or six at the time and had $5 or so to pick a gift for mom. They came home with corn pads for your feet <laughs> and eyeliner, not her color. Needless to say, mom had a hard time keeping a straight face while opening her gift. I would be curious to know how much money is spent on garbage gifts. Like how much, how many gifts moms multi, receive? Multi-millions, man. It's Multi-millions. Yeah, because I too have purchased a number of, you know, cheap earrings for my mom over the years that they had at the, in those like booths in the middle of Kildonan Place Mall. I think they actually said fashion earrings on the... That mm. thing that you buy mm. and they cost like $9. Right. And they turn green in probably. about uh, two weeks and your mom's got an ear infection That's from probably them. why she developed it because she actually can't wear earrings anymore. That's all your fault, McGarry. Oh my Way God. to go, man. I'm oh, you just realized that son. your eyes got big. Yeah. It's like, wow. I wonder if that actually had anything to do with it. She developed an allergy to earrings and can't wear them anymore. It's, <laughs> it's from all the cheap fashion earrings. That's all your fault. I'm a horrible uh, son. I uh, remember buying my mom and dad... For their wedding anniversary one year, there were these really funky folding comb brush combinations. <laughs> you fold it in half and the comb would go inside the bristles of the hairbrush. So you would open it. It would be like a pocket like a comb. a Swiss Army comb? Kind of, yeah. And you would open it up and so you'd have the option. Deluxe comb or fabulous brush? And I thought, you know, my dad likes a comb. My mom's like, mom likes a brush. That's the perfect gift. One ninety nine at the aforementioned Kmart in Brandon. 
They owe me a lot of money, Kmart and Brandon. Oh, I guess they're out of business now. I'll never see that. Well. Crappy gifts galore, man. Uh, we got a, a question here at 204-780-6868. Are you able to let your listeners know when it's all cleared away so we can take an alternate room route home after work? Of course, we will tell you. We'll be the first ones to tell you what is happening downtown. Police at scene, once again, Portage. And Gary, there's a suspicious package call. So it's blocked between Fort and Smith. And Gary is also blocked between Ellis and Portage. So just if you're driving and you're heading towards Portage and Gary, stay out of the area. We just got a text message here. <laughs> it says, worst promo ever just came by email. And it's a picture from, uh, oh my, it's 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 a memorial thing. It's, it's for Celebrate Mom with a personalized memorial. That sounds kind of morbid. Oh my. I think is, yeah. Beautifully yeah. crapped. Uh, Crafted memorials. From stunning jewelry to one-of-a-kind urns. Oh. We have everything you need to remember the most beautiful woman in your life. So is that, like, I'm going to buy mom an urn so mm, when she maybe. goes? Now, in all fairness, because my mom's passed away, my mom was not put in the ground. Mm-hmm. She was cremated, and actually we still haven't laid her ashes to rest. My mom's wish was always to spend two months of every year with her children and then go to Mexico for two months because she had five kids, right? That was her retirement plan. Okay. So we've tried to honor that somewhat. The urn has not been to Mexico yet, but you know we kind of move her around from place to place. And uh, one year my brother bought, I think it was on Mother's Day or my mom's birthday, these necklaces. And a, kind of a little miniature capsule, and there's a little bit of uh, my mom in each one of those. So uh, a little bit different, let's call it that. I appreciated it, but it, that's not the idea for everyone, I'm sure. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for sharing it. I just love the text. Worst promo ever. It is coming up to 1.30, which means time for Global News on 680 CJOB. 1.34, all sorts of consternation. If you're anywhere near downtown, especially if you're trying to drive on Portage Avenue, police are on the scene. Portage and Gary, after getting a call for a suspicious package, Portage Avenue is completely blocked off between Fort and Smith Streets, and Gary is closed between Ellis and Portage Avenue. And we are going to go live to Global Television co-anchor Heather Steele, who joins us live at the scene. Heather, thanks for joining us. What can you see? Uh, right now, it is uh, one heck of a traffic tie-up is the biggest story down here. There's uh, a good block in either direction, as you mentioned. Uh, I just spoke with police moments ago, and they tell us that it is a suspicious package that has forced them uh, to shut down the stretch on Portage. And on Gary, it appears officers are focusing their attention on a bag on the top of a garbage bin. And this incident has also actually forced the evacuation at least of the main floor of the Vital Statistics building, which is at the corner of Portage and Gary. So traffic shut down on Portage, as you mentioned, uh, at Gary in both directions and southbound Gary from Ellis to Graham. So as you can imagine, on a busy Friday afternoon, a lot of traffic impact. Anyone trying to get through this stretch right now is going to have a bit of a weight on their hands. Heather Steele is one of the anchors on uh, Global News. She joins us live from downtown Winnipeg. And we understand that the bomb unit has arrived. Heather, is that correct? Yeah, when I had spoken with police about five minutes ago, the bomb unit was just en route. So it's my understanding that they're they're here now. I'm actually, they keep us quite far back. I'm on the opposite side uh, of where the bomb unit is set up at this point. I also see uh, at least 
one ambulance and emergency vehicles surrounding the perimeter anyway of that portion that they have blocked off on Portage. Uh, so as I mentioned, it's pretty significant traffic impact uh, in both directions, both across Portage and on Gary at this hour. We're getting a tremendous number of text messages, people wanting to know what's going on. Hopefully uh, this information will help them. Are there cadets or police officers, say at Portage in Maine or elsewhere on Portage Avenue that you can see, Heather, that yeah. are helping people <laughs> around this situation? They're doing their best. We have, I'm actually standing right next to a, a few cadets that are uh, redirecting as best they can. The challenge here is you turn off of Main Street and you're able to go less than a block just at the base of our building at 201 Portage before you're being forced to turn onto Fort if you're heading uh, west. So cadets have got that portion blocked off. And then, of course, on the other side, they're trying to redirect as best they can in both directions. So officers, cadets, uh, emergency services in terms of paramedics and fire all on the scene, as as well as the uh, bomb unit, as you mentioned. So if you're trying to get westbound on Portage Avenue, say from Portage Avenue East, from southbound or northbound on Main Street, well, you can't turn left from northbound Main Street, but southbound you sure can. You'll want to keep going and find alternate way to cross downtown. Heather Steele, thanks very much. We look forward to uh, your reports throughout the afternoon. We appreciate it. Thanks very much. Heather Steele, co-anchor of Global News, the evening news at 6 on Global Television. And we want to switch gears now to talk about something here. The headline is Bowman Chipman Aboriginal Council, part of Alliance that could decriminalize public intoxication. That's the headline from the Winnipeg Free Press. And we have a guest on the phone with us. We spoke with him a few months back, and uh, he we had a just a great response from our listeners saying, this is a man that you need to talk to more. His name is Damon Johnston. He is the president of the Aboriginal Council of Winnipeg, and he joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Damon, welcome back. Hi, how are you today? We're doing really well. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to, to tell us about this coalition and the goals of this group and, and what is the uh, end result potentially uh, for this new initiative. Tell us, uh, first of all, who's involved and, and why are conversations going on surrounding this alternate uh, approach to public intoxication and drug abuse? Right. Okay. So firstly, I just want to clarify that I'm not speaking for the Alliance Group. I'm speaking as the president of the Aboriginal Council, but I have been uh, a member of that table. And so uh, I'm aware of uh, of some of what has been transpiring there, uh, most of what has been transpiring there. And really, it, it's, uh, you know, right now you may be aware that the Indigenous community in Winnipeg and all over Canada is uh, engaged in this new process called reconciliation with other Canadians on all kinds of issues. And part of that is, is looking at, you know, how we've done things, how we've addressed different issues in the past, in the present, and then how we might look at them going forward. And in this case, uh, you know, many Canadians may not know, but I'm looking at a document right now that says, Understanding the Introduction of Alcohol into Aboriginal Culture. And uh, many Canadians may not know that uh, alcohol was not was not a part of uh, indigenous cultures in Canada, and therefore it's 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 uh, it's to say the least wrecked havoc in many of our communities, uh, and still presents a, a huge challenge today. So basically, the work of the uh, of the uh, alliance and 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 the council and others in Canada is looking at you know new evidence based practice 
that suggests uh, you can get better outcomes working with these populations uh, and be more effective uh, at what you're trying to do. You can actually lower the cost over time of uh, treatment and and other uh, lower lower the rate of uh, you know repeat uh, incidents, all those kinds of things using some of these uh, new techniques. Uh, some of these practices are already being used in other provinces. Uh, managed alcohol programs in uh, in Alberta, in Ontario. Uh, you know, uh, as with any uh, place that's a little different, uh, you know, the opposition or the uh, you know misunderstanding or the lack of understanding of any new approach to addressing these kinds of issues, uh, you know, may take time to build the consensus you need to adopt them. But we certainly believe, and what I've heard so far, um, and what I've seen, what I've read, uh, suggests that we need to absolutely to look at doing some of these things going forward. What are some of these alternate practices? We've heard about uh, the changing hours potentially at the Main Street Project, which could obviously change some things. We've heard from law enforcement that they maybe like to see some changes in the process at Main Street Project. It's very uh, time-consuming for police officers when they have to check someone in at the Main Street Project. What might be some of these alternate practices look like, Damon? Right. Well, they ever, they, uh, if, they, if you speak to some kind of a drop-in center, then the, the evidence of that is the one that's in Calgary, Alberta, and it's just on the outskirts of downtown. I've actually been there, and it's been in operation for quite a number of years now, and it's quite a large facility, so it houses a whole number of different uh, options in terms of working with individuals who are struggling with uh, addictions, right? And so, uh, you know, and it's a safe space. They've created a, spa- a safe environment for these individuals. These individuals actually want to go there. They want to seek uh, help with their addictions. And then they've got all these options like managed alcohol programs. It's open 24-7. Uh, you know, if they need access to counseling, if they need access to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, uh, all of these kinds of uh, options are there uh, in in that place, and then there's an uh, you know an effective referral system. If they don't have the service or the program on site, then the individual will be referred uh, to another agency or a place where those supports are are available. So it's a very holistic uh, you know it's, it's sort of a one stop shop. You go there, and then if you want to deal with your your issues, whenever you're ready to do that. Uh, then you uh, then you 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 can and the other thing is that in a, in a managed alcohol uh, approach, people drink on site, right? You know, people people are there to to monitor it, to uh, I- intervene if, if if something's out of hand, all of those good things, and then they are able to work with the individual to get them to a place where then they're willing to seek treatment for for their issues. Damon Johnston is president of the Aboriginal Council of Winnipeg, and we're talking about this idea of decriminalizing public intoxication. And Damon, the idea, I like the sound of this idea of a 24-7 drop-in center for people who are intoxicated, but let's say someone is, is drunk or high and, and they're, they're in a, a blackout state. How do we get these people to the drop-in center? Well, that's where the fire and paramedic, sir, paramedic service comes in. You know what I mean? You're you're responding to each in- incident as it presents itself, right? You've got the team in place to be able to do that. 
So we know from the data, though, that, you know, the majority of individuals are not in that kind of situation. They can be transported in a van, right, uh, in, in any van or any, you know, a car, whatever, uh, from where they are to the uh, to the treatment center or the detoxification center, whatever it is, and they can be done that and done that, do that in a safe way because again the data tells us that most of them are not violent, most of them do not resist the assistance that's being uh, presented to them. Damon, for those uh, who aren't familiar with the the current process involving the the Main Street project, can you maybe just sort of tell us about what happens currently if someone is publicly intoxicated? Yeah, well, uh, there, uh, and again, I want to recognize, and, and Rick Lee, who is the executive director there, Rick Lee's, uh, you know, did get back to me yesterday and clarified some things with me. So there are some positive changes occurring within that agency. But the big thing here is we're going to move from, uh, we want to move from an enforcement type of perspective or approach to a health approach. These are health issues. They're bona fide health issues. You know, the addictions are addictions. Everybody knows that. They, you require treatment if you're going to be able to, uh, you know, move to a better place in your life. And people do this at different points in their life. So that's why a holistic approach or an individual-based approach is so necessary because individual A may be quite different than individual B in terms of what they're presenting and in terms of how you might be able to work with them to get them to a better place. Um, the other thing is the Main Street project, as I understand, uh, you know, is is, is uh, been there for a long time now. It's been a, uh, a conversation uh, piece in many communities, uh, in our community as well. There's a whole long history there of how it developed, uh, you know, where it's been, where it is now. And so we want to work with them to get all of that to a better place. And so I was I think in the first instance, some of the comments I made were mistakenly taken as me putting them down in some way, uh, you know, uh, attacking the staff or, or, or the management or any of that. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm trying to say is that let's be open to working together to get to this better place. Well, you know, I read about this and I hear about this type of approach and and it reminds me of the housing first type of initiative. For so long, people who were suffering or dealing with experiencing homelessness couldn't apply or wouldn't qualify for certain programs until they got clean, until they dealt with uh, maybe some of their addictions, and that would prevent them from getting the help they needed. And research is showing us now, mm, that's not necessarily the right approach. So are we learning from other organizations, other communities that are taking a different approach to this, this idea of decriminalizing uh, public intoxication, which would obviously take the police out of a lot of the uh, uh, individuals involved in these situations, and does it have a positive economic benefit for everyone if this is the type of approach we take? Well, absolutely, and I, I mean, you will know that just this past week, uh, it was in the news that the police are sometimes stretched to answer the calls, the priority calls that they need to get to. Because people are not available, right? And that's happening for different reasons, but this could be one of them, right? 
Damon Johnston, can you stick with us for a couple more minutes? We need to pause and have a look at the forecast. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Excellent. Damon Johnston is the president of the Aboriginal Council of Winnipeg. We're talking about this notion of decriminalizing public intoxication and trying to work in work towards a more holistic manner of helping people deal with alcoholism and drug addictions. Have a look at your forecast in a moment on 680 CJOB. Brett McGarry and Greg Mackling this afternoon on 680 CJOB. Before we continue our conversation with Damon Johnston from the Aboriginal Council of Winnipeg, we want to return to Global News anchor Heather Steele, who is downtown where there is a police situation. Uh, Portage is blocked between Smith and Fort due to a suspicious package. Heather, what's the latest? Well, the latest is traffic continues uh, to build up now that police have shut down a very busy section of downtown over reports of a suspicious package. I just spoke with officers not that long ago. Uh, They tell me that they were called here around 1225 for the suspicious package. The bomb unit is on scene, and it appears uh, that officers were at least at one point focusing their attention on a, a bag on top of a garbage bin, but they've extended that investigation. So they've got quite a pretty significant uh, portion blocked off, as you mentioned, of Portage and also uh, Gary southbound uh, from Ellis to Graham. So as you can imagine, on a busy Friday afternoon, a lot of traffic frustration starting to build here. I'm standing right next to a cadet uh, who's holding the scene and has been answering uh, the same questions over and over about how people get around. So uh, a lot of frustration if you are going down Portage, just steps from Portage in Maine, you're going to want to find an alternate route. Heather Steele, thank you so much. Heather Steele, Evening News Anchor on Global Television. We will continue our conversation now with Damon Johnston. He's president of the Aboriginal Council of Winnipeg. We're talking about an alternate approach to public intoxication and, and, and those that are dealing with drug addiction. And Damon, we've talked about some of the theoreticals here, but, but what, could we, uh, what could we look for and what will happen over the next several months as we try to identify uh, proper or an approach appropriate strategy for Winnipeg. What's next? Well, I mean, the the good thing is here, we're bringing uh, different interests uh, to one table. You know, the business community, uh, the indigenous community, uh, agencies in the charitable not-for-profit sector that have, you know, relativity to the issues that we're addressing. Uh, We're prepared to work with all of these different groups and homelessness, Winnipeg, you know, the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, the health system, the Addictions Foundation of Manitoba, you know, the Winnipeg Police Service. You've got all of these different players at one table focusing on these issues, these matters, and you're slowly discussing, identifying uh, newer ways or better ways of doing things. You 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 know you look at them in in in, in a holistic. You you look at the places where they're being utilized. You you draw the like I say the evidence based. You know what are the what are the newer outcomes? What are the better outcomes that are 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 uh, you know showing up out of this kind of work, this kind of approach in different places? And then you're you know reaching that consensus with governments with other players to you know that this makes sense let's do this right so we're not going to necessarily get the drop-in center tomorrow or the next day or even the next week but as we have that consensus which they've achieved in these other places then we can move forward together and in the end it's going to end up costing not only less economically it's going to cost less in human terms and i think all of us want that canadians are reasonable people the majority of Canadians are real. If we present something that makes sense, then I know we'll get the sword from them. 
Damon, earlier you referenced that alcohol has been a destructive force in First Nations. Why is that? Well, for one, it, it, it was a foreign substance that was introduced in, into, uh, into our peoples. And it, we had no, our bodies were not accustomed in any way to this new, uh, new uh, thing that we were drinking. And it had all kinds of adverse effects. Now, the science is there. It's telling. I, like I said, I was just reading a document that speaks all of that. And this has happened now over, you know, a, a few hundred years. So you see today some of the, you know, the evidence is the people who you see on the street who are obviously struggling to survive, not only in this city, but in many different places. And uh, in this case, you know, we have some of the numbers. For example, the homeless population in Winnipeg, up to 80% of that population are members of the Indigenous community. So again, and then you've got to look at things like scale. There may be programs that are working well, but is the scale there? In other words, you know, are they turning people away because they don't have enough resources? And in the model as we go forward, because we're, you know, we're going to reach out to the federal, the provincial, the municipal even indigenous governments to be a part of this uh, new approach, uh, you know, better resources will pro- likely be on the table. There's already, again, hard evidence of the federal government willing to make some new, uh, uh, make new resources available, money to uh, to these newer type of ventures. I'm just looking at the new center that's being created at the Saguenay First Nation to treat uh, Indigenous inmates uh, who have been affected by sexual violence. You know what I mean? So, you know, when you have that, uh, you know, collaborative atmosphere, when groups are willing to work together, when they're actually willing to take the time necessary to prove these things out and to get to the same place together, it gets, uh, you end up a much better equation. Damon, we thank you so much for your time. Thank you for bringing us inside this conversation. We look forward to keeping in touch with you as this program and this possibility grows closer to reality. And again, we're talking about the idea of decriminalizing public intoxication instead of bringing people to Main Street Project, maybe having a 24-7 drop-in centre to produce a more holistic approach to dealing with addiction and intoxication. It is coming up to 2 o'clock on 680 CJOB. Up next, we're going to talk about flowers for Mother's Day. Craig and Brett with you. Didn't mean to catch you off guard there. <laughs> it's okay. McGarry and Mackling straight through until four o'clock this afternoon. Of course, it's Mother's Day on Sunday and we're here to help. Mackling McGarry, where listeners become winners, but also informed. <laughs> and we're trying to help uh, all our bros out there and our sisters out there as well who are stuck for ideas of what to get mom or maybe to get your wife or your mother-in-law. Maybe it's your daughter because you're celebrating. She's a mom now. And uh, we'd like to, of course, encourage you to think about made in Manitoba opportunities, uh, constant pop and dessert sensations. We did a piece on globalnews.com. You can get the entire list of Manitoba options. And we've got one of them in studio with us. Our good friend, Catherine Matricki is here. Kalia Flowers and Kalia has just expanded to Edmonton and Vancouver. So congratulations on that. So good to see you doing so well, Catherine. Thank you so much. We're so happy to be here. Yeah, congratulations on that. So how did you manage to find 10 minutes to come and visit us? You know, it's been a crazy couple days. I thought that people were supposed to be less last minute for Mother's Day, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> we're down to the wire and the orders are still coming in, so it's great to see. Is it true that Mother's Day is busier than Valentine's Day for flyers? It for is. Yeah, we see probably 20 to 30% more orders on Mother's Day than we would even see on Valentine's Day. And those Valentine's Day already is a huge peak, so lots of people saying thank you to their mom. Okay, so never mind the if you don't have reservations for dinner or brunch somewhere uh, Saturday or Sunday or maybe even tonight. You might want to get on that. But you're going to be delivering all day tomorrow and Sunday as well? We are. So we've got a whole selection of our famous farm fresh bouquets. So just our limited selection. We've got four bouquets available for Mother's Day. Um, Some gorgeous scents. We've got lavender. We've got some stalks. We've got lots of eucalyptus, some really special bouquets. Um, And we're still packing them up for all weekend. So it's not too late. We're still delivering all day, Saturday and Sunday, as you said. So the fact, I mean, flowers are great and I like buying flowers. But the fact that flowers are it's mother's day is busier than valentine's day for flowers i mean it's great for your business but what does that say about people's creativity in general you know it's interesting i i'm in a bit of a biased position to comment because mm-hmm. i always think that flowers are the best gift um, but i think it's also about finding new ways to to share flowers and share that moment and i think we talk a lot about that can't catch your breath moment when you open a box of flowers you get that bouquet and it's like wow i can't believe you got me this experience because it's really special and i think you get that with flowers more than you can get it with an apron or a new toaster <laughs> so i think that's why people are coming back to flowers over and over again we've well, got uh, I just want to jump in. We've got all sorts of situations happening. One downtown, of course, Portage Avenue is blocked off. We've got that situation with the bomb unit on the scene. And uh, we also have a situation, Marion at Taché blocked off, totally blocked off. Fire and police on the scene. We're getting word that police are telling us that one person has been taken to hospital in unstable condition following a crash involving a pedestrian. So that's Marion at Taché that's completely blocked off. And we'll be hearing from Global News anchor Heather Steele throughout the afternoon on 680 CJOB, giving us updates on what is happening on Portage Avenue. And just back to my question, and I didn't mean to make it sound like flowers are negative, but and of course it's great for your business. I love buying flowers, but it, it, it just it seems like it's just one of those, oh, geez, I don't know what to get, Mom. I'll just get her flowers. But is that because flowers are just one of those classic never go wrong kind of gifts? I think so. And I think we're also updating what flowers mean. So whereas five years or 10 years ago, you could get her a bouquet of carnations and that was kind of your standard baseline floral bouquet. Things are changing really quickly. And we've seen a lot of new trends that we're taking advantage of for 2017. Um, Lots of scents that I talked about. So having that really multi-sensory experience, it's not just some carnations, but you're getting that wow of scent. Um, And we're also looking at longevity with bouquets. So again, when you buy those carnations, sometimes it's like three, four, maybe five days you get out of them. Um, but because we source farm fresh, we're also choiceful with our bouquets. Our bouquets are regular lasting two, three, sometimes even four weeks. Um, one of my favorites right now has lavender in it. And we source lavender from Italy. So it's Venetian lavender. Mm. And it comes dried. So it, it has this amazing scent in the bouquet, but then it lasts forever. So people who get this bouquet can then take the, that lavender and put it beside their bed or into a little posy in the kitchen. It's got that longevity. Now, you mentioned that you have four bouquet choices. And some people, well, why do you only have four choices? There is a real benefit to that. What is the benefit of you kind of condensing the menu, so to speak? For sure. Well, two things. A, we're able to get better quality flowers because we're 
we're not having to stock 200 different kinds of varieties. We keep them down to what's in our four bouquets um, that we change out every few months based on what's seasonal. And so again, you get that freshness. We're not trying to source use sunflowers in April um, or poinsettias in June. We, we stick with whatever is fresh and seasonal at the time, so you get that longevity. You also get a better price point. Um, so our bouquets are all $49 for a really solid size bouquet. Like, you've seen our bouquets. Uh, they're lovely and they're gigantic and they are gorgeous. There is no bias there. That's fact uh, from this man's point of view. They are spectacular. <laughs> And they do last longer than your garden variety with no disrespect to anybody else out there. Uh, the last bouquet I had from uh, you folks, I think it was easily a month and it looked good for three and a half weeks of that month. Yeah, that's perfect. And that's what we hear over and over again. So that's the, the value of a Calia bouquet, that it lasts for that for that time. And they just come in these, even the packaging is nice, the box. Where do you do your, like who does your packaging? We get them done locally. I'll give a plug out to my friends at Midwest Packaging who do our boxes over on Bacon Avenue. They do a great job. Um, yeah. And so we're able to, to support Winnipeg with all of our packaging as well. Yeah, because even that is just cool because I remember when the bouquet came for you and I, it made me think of uh, that scene in Terminator 2 where Arnold Schwarzenegger has the shotgun and the the, bo- the box of flowers. <laughs> so, I mean, I know I put just put a huge uh, nerd male slant on that, but it just looks cool. You know, it's instead of just handing the kind of scraggly bouquet, it comes in this nice box. It's a really unique experience. Exactly. And that's, I think, how people, going back to your question, I think that's how we're seeing flowers over and over again. It's not just that same experience every time. We're able to make it fresh with a unique experience. When you first came to visit us, uh, Catherine, we used that word disruption Mm -hmm. and the idea of disrupting this market. Are you having that effect, do you think? You know, we've been we've had phenomenal success um, in our markets, and that's what, why we've been able to expand to Edmonton and Vancouver as well. Um, I think people are looking for something new and different, and they're looking for the value. Um, and the value comes with the better price point and the longevity. Um, and we have some people who are fan favorites. We had an Instagram user comment yesterday, Calia Flowers did it again. Mom loved her bouquet. Um, so we've been fortunate to have some people who are really passionate about the brand, um, which makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, but it's great to see. Well, your energy is infectious. What you're doing is... Uh, terrific and uh, you're doing it in a unique fashion and we just love supporting uh, the idea of Manitoba businesses that are out there and making a difference and doing it well you know it's one thing to just kind of jump into a business and and sort of do it a ha- half-hearted you are all in on this and, and it uh, it just uh, brings joy uh, to me to see you the way you are you know uh, four months since the last time we saw you that's great. Good to hear. If I can plug one more time. Please. So it's all online ordering. Um, Calliaflowers.com, C-A-L-L-I-A flowers.com. Takes you less than six clicks to order. And as I said, we're delivering all weekend. And once again, how does your, I mean, I know that we've had this conversation before, but just sort of give us a refresher on how your business works that you're, you don't have a storefront you just all online. So how do you, you get the flowers? Yeah. So we we're able to source, um, more directly to the farm than most florists are. And so our flowers stay in the cold chain. Um, We get them in based on what's seasonal, as we said, and then we pick and pack them locally and send them out. And I think that's also a question that people ask me. So are you just farming out your bouquets to other florists to fulfill? No, like we do everything end to end ourselves in every city. Um, So we're fortunate to have a great team that helps us with that process. Um, We've got a manufacturing facility that we work from. And yeah, it's been a really great adventure. How many staff do you have? 
Um, we've got a few. It kind of fluctuates depending on the season. So today I could give you a much larger number than I will next week. Um, but yeah, we've got a great team to work with. I heard uh, some jargon in there and I love jargon and decoding it. Did you say in the cold chain? I did. Okay. So interesting. When flowers get harvested um, at the farm, they're they're usually quite close. It's like your green bananas. Mm. Same idea. Um, and you try and keep them dormant as long as you can to preserve that longevity. Um, and so we try and keep them in the cold chain the entire way so that the flowers are dormant until they they arrive at the customer. And so you're able to enjoy that full waking up of flowers um, yourself, as opposed to the flowers wake up at another store where you go to buy them and you get them halfway through their life. Um, so it's actually interesting. When our flowers arrive, they look like they're straight out of the cold chain. They're, the lilies are still closed. The spider mums are still pretty tight um, because that's how you get that longevity out of them. We, we ship them until they're ready to wake up. So Valentine's Day for you, you said that the bulk of your orders... Came the day, b- <laughs> the day before, and the day of, even worse. Oh my! <laughs> Are you expecting that tomorrow? I think so. Um, I think we we've had a lot of pre-order, which has been great. Um, but we know that Mother's Day is coming. But it's unique. I think we're able to deliver on Saturdays and Sundays, which is also unique for a lot of people. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the trends go, whether that same day or or day before trend continues. But. We're ready, so we'll see what happens. Another Manitoba-made success story, Acalia Flowers. We are so thrilled uh, for you, Catherine, and thank you for sa- taking some time. Uh, you're like, you're practically got one foot out the door here, so <laughs> we'll let you go and get back to work. You've got lots to do. One more time, where can we take advantage of your outstanding offerings? Online, CaliaFlowers.com, C-A-L-L-I-A, Flowers.com, or you can call us over the phone, but online, it's the easiest. We'd love to take your order and deliver a Calia moment for you. Catherine, Catherine Matricky from CaliaFlowers.com. Your forecast is up next. Greg and Brett with you. It's uh, 2.20 on this Friday afternoon. And uh, Mother's Day can be a little bit of a challenge for some people to get just that right gift, that perfect gift. We're talking about some made-in-Manitoba options. We just visited with our friend Catherine Matricky from CaliaFlowers, CaliaFlowers.com. They've got incredible bouquets, four of them to choose from. They're all one price, makes it super easy. They're delivering tomorrow and Sunday. And uh, if you go to globalnews.ca, we have a whole list of uh, Manitoba options for you, and uh, we'll run through them real quick with you right now, including our good friend uh, Constance Pop uh, down at uh, 180 Provence, Constance Pop Chocolatier. Is that how you say that, Brett? I always turn to you on the French stuff. Uh, I would probably go with Chocolatier. Oh, Uh, that's that's even better. Chocolatier. Chocolatier (laughs) kind of makes it sound like musketeer. (laughs) I'm a chocolatier. A chocolatier. Okay. And uh, there's... uh, also, delicious treats at Dessert Sensations, located at 505 St. Mary's Avenue or St. Mary Avenue. Uh, that would change dramatically where you would go. So 505 St. Mary Avenue, that's downtown. Savory and sweet choices on the menu that are made from scratch in the kitchen. Look at some sort of cake that's got strawberries uh, cut on top of it. Looks delicious. Coal and Canary, local business that creates candles using soy and vegetable wax. That's kind of cool. Yeah. All the candles feature a wide wooden wick that burns clean, free of smoke and soot, and produces a soft crackle when lit. And they burn for for up to like 50 hours. That's not bad at all. And Hilary Drexman will uh, we'll stop there for now. 
Uh, Hillary Drexman is a local jewelry designer. She's created many beautiful pieces over the years. Many of them help raise money for different nonprofit organizations, including, if I may give a shout out to St. Boniface Hospital Foundation. There's also a Mother's Day inspired necklace and bracelet. We got to go turn now to downtown Winnipeg, where there has been a major police situation this afternoon and a major traffic situation as a result. Global News reporter Christian O'Mell has made his way down towards Portage Avenue where this is happening. Christian, what can you tell us, sir? Brett, right now I'm standing on Gary Street, which is south of Portage here. The bomb robot is out on the street right now. They're moving the yellow tape back a good amount. There's a parkade just south of Gary and Portage here, and they've moved the yellow tape back pretty much to the pint. And they're telling everyone that was standing around watching the situation to move back. Uh, the bomb robot is just sitting in the middle of the road. I don't see the package from where I'm standing right now. Uh, there's a ambulance there, the bomb truck, a few police cars from where I am right now. And from what we've been told by police, they were called at 12:25. So it's been a couple hours now since they got the initial call. And from what we've been told, there does not appear to be. Any rush to this, it's kind of a wait-and-see kind of game with these suspicious packages. And that likely means traffic is going to be a problem as people start to head home. It looks like this won't be done anytime soon. Christian, have you been to calls like this before? Uh, Not in this area. I think the big thing is we get, you know, we see calls of suspicious packages now and again. uh, But generally, they're in areas that aren't as busy traffic-wise. You have Portage completely closed off, and that causes a big problem. Obviously, the big thing people remember when they think of this packages was July 2015 with the Guido Amsel case with the mail bombs. But this is apparently a bag, and as is the case with suspicious packages, they exercise an abundance of caution to make sure that if it is actually something, which normally it's not, it normally ends up being just nothing, but they have to take their time anyway because you never know. Christian, how long did it take you to get down there? Uh, so knowing that the situation was ongoing, I were from Polo Park. I came down Portage and then turned off of Portage onto Spence and then to York. So knowing that was an easier way, Traffic for me was not a problem. Now, if you head down further, I could see down Portage from where I turned off Portage that there are a lot of cars. So if you're heading down this way, as, as hard as it's going to be to find a detour, you're going to have to because this is a situation that, again, it does not appear that it'll be clear anytime soon. Christian O'Mell, thank you so much. Global News reporter Christian O'Mell joining us live from downtown Winnipeg, where once again police have blocked off a couple of major streets. Portage Avenue is shut down between Fort and Smith. Gary is blocked off as well between Ellis and Portage, and this is due to a call about a suspicious package we were hearing earlier from Global News anchor Heather Steele and now Global News reporter Christian O'Mell, who joins us at the scene. We also have that situation, Marion, at Taché. That is completely closed off. That intersection, as we understand it, it is a pedestrian that's been uh, struck by a car, and that's always a serious situation. So keep it tuned to 680 CGOB. We will bring you the latest as we know about it, and we will re- be reminding of you, uh, you of these situations throughout the afternoon. We were having a quick look at some 
Made in Manitoba gifts for Mother's Day. This is a list that was put together by Global News' Katie Dangerfield, and you can find it at globalnews.ca. And where had we made it up to? Was it the I, Sue Dandy? I, yeah, I think Hillary so Druxman was probably the so last dandy. one I read. So it's, uh, pardon me, it's got to be, yeah, it's pronounced so dandy, but it's S-E-W as in sewing. And if you want to buy your mom something a little cheeky, so dandy has a lot of locally made handmade goods and cards. There's silk screened dish towels and aprons that picture a lot of Manitoba gems like Louis Riel and Winnipeg's Confusion Corner. Here's, <laughs> here's one that says... Happy Mother's Day, and it's a card with a couple of glasses of wine on it, and it says, Happy Mother's Day, I love you more than wine. We were talking about cheeky, potentially cheeky and honest greeting cards yesterday. This might uh, fill the void. Happy Mother's Day from your favorite child. Hey, Mom, thanks for not leaving me in a box on someone's doorstep. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great card. I love it. I love it. Another option to consider is the West End Cultural Center. If your mom is into music, tickets to the West End Cultural Center, guaranteed to please venue at 586 Ellis Avenue. If you've never been there, you haven't lived in Winnipeg, it's a great place to take in local artists at an affordable price. It is coming up to 2.30 on Global Or, pardon me, that means Global News at 2.30. Dr. Cyrus joins us after the news. 2.34, Friday afternoon. If you're anywhere near downtown, you know it's a mess traffic-wise. Police have things shut down at uh, Gary and Portage. And we will keep you up to date on that suspicious package. The bomb unit on the scene. Portage Avenue completely blocked off between Fort and Smith Street. Gary Street is closed between Ellis and Portage. And as Christian O'Mell was telling us, even south of that, uh, about mid-block on Gary, the public is being asked to uh, stay away and to uh, alter your driving habits slash your normal route if it includes uh, Portage Avenue east or westbound through that location. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen is here for our weekly visit. Every Friday at 2.30, we speak to our psychologist friend, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. DrCyrus.com is the website. And I found an article on psychology today. The headline is, you're not being irrational. And the subheadline is, rationality is easy. The hard part is getting the right ratios. So we flipped that to Dr. Cyrus to see if he dug it. He said, sure. And so, Dr. Cyrus, let's start with the headline. You're not being irrational. Rationality is easy. The hard part is getting the right ratios. What's your first comment on that? Well, comparison, I think, is where this article is going. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's some stuff in here about kind of philosophy and logic and uh, logical arguments, and I think, uh, you know, when I boiled it down myself, I thought it's about comparison. It's about what comparisons you're making in your life, and comparisons are, uh, you know, a big deal to our emotional health, and uh, if you are comparing yourself, you know, upward or downward, or uh, so if you're making comparisons to people who are doing better than you or doing worse than you, or if you all of a sudden think something's really important and really it's not, it can have a big effect on how you feel. I'm seeing a word I've not ever seen before in this article, misdenominational. Misdenominational, yes. And, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, philosophy wasn't my, my best course. So <laughs> I, had to, I did have to kind of cross my eyes a little bit when I was reading this article, but uh, I think I made it through. And uh, the, the idea here is, you know, if you think that, uh, you know, 
having money makes you happy. And then you say, well, I don't have money, so I must not be happy. That's logical. That's rational. But is it a, is it a true comparison? You know, is, is there another option? For example, you know, is uh, money not the factor that makes you happy? So you could be thinking rationally in some senses when you're going through your day. Um, you're, you're adding up the equations correctly. But are you setting up the equations correctly? Are you actually... Uh, you know, correct in your in your premise, so to speak, and I think um, that's that's kind of the question. People often, uh, you know, do get when people add up one plus one, they do get two. But are they asking the right questions? Are they uh, setting up the equation properly? So then, what is rationality? What does it mean to be rational? Well, I think that. Um, I think that rationality, uh, you know, in the sessions that I do is something um, that's important. Uh, what often happens is uh, people are going in a direction in their arguments and they, they feel something is important. And again, it goes back to this article. They feel like something's important and then they act rationally based on the fact that that's important. However, later on, they realize that it's not that important and they kind of missed it. Kind of like a you know a deathbed moment when you're when you think something's really important, then you get to your deathbed and everything was rational in your life except what you thought was important wasn't really important. And so, to give you an example from my sessions, maybe just to make this a little less theoretical, you know, uh, clients will will come in and they'll be like, "Man, you didn't do the dishes," or you know, and and this is so important to me. And then they realize after they you know have an apple uh, that maybe. Maybe doing the dishes isn't so important. Maybe our relationship is more important, or maybe this is more important. Or, and then, so, uh, you know, based on their premise of, you know, if this place isn't clean, I feel badly, uh, that makes sense to get upset about the dishes. But when they have the apple and they realize, hey, actually, I was upset because the apple, maybe the dishes don't matter so much. Um, is this any, any of this making sense? It, I'm, is. I, <laughs> it is making sense because it's drawing me back to a discussion we had yesterday. Do you have that clip from the office? that we played yesterday, uh-huh. the idea about the good old days, not realizing mm. that you're maybe in the middle of the good old days. You don't necessarily have to work somewhere to po- some point in the future to be in the good old days. Maybe we can uh, have how, Ed how Helms quick. outlined it a little bit more succinctly. <laughs> the weird thing is, now I'm exactly where I want to be. I got my dream job at Cornell, and I'm still just thinking about my old pals. Only now they're the ones I made here. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Someone should write a song about that. Does that make sense? Does that, it, does sense. that tie in? Yeah, you just you uh, people are living rationally. They're 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 living logically. But then all of a sudden they realize that everything they thought was true or important isn't actually all that important. They did get the grass cut just properly, and then they realize, hey, maybe that's not the most important thing in life. Uh, On the premise that the grass was important, I did it. I was thinking logically, um, but hey, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the, the big thing in life. I don't know, man. I can, I can think back to times where I would be pretty mad when the dishes weren't, weren't done. <laughs> and it, if, it, if, it, if it doesn't get done more often, does it not then become something that is important? 
Well, this is where therapy goes. This is the big search in therapy is to figure out what is important. And people are, and this is why I think therapists get are there, is because people are notoriously bad at, at judging what is making them feel good and what is making them feel bad. We just, we feel good, we feel bad, and then we look around and we try to figure out what in the world made us feel this way. And we're often missing it. We're often not sure, you know, about what is actually the important factor. Is it the dishes? Or was it something else? Because you mentioned I, they, the apple. They had mm-hmm. the apple and then they realized, oh, maybe it wasn't a big deal. So the, it was the idea there that they were hangry? Mm-hmm. They were hungry. It was actually something else. And, and generally, you know, you have this happen where people come in, they just don't feel good. Uh, and then they look around and everything they look at is wrong. And everything they look at, and <clears throat> you have to be careful about what you have them look at in life because whatever they're going to look at, they're going to want to change and they're going to want to make it different, even though that might have absolutely nothing to do with the fact that they're feeling badly. And um, it's kind of just like if I have back pain, I'm just going to keep moving. And it doesn't really matter where I move. I'm just going to be like trying always to feel uh, you know, better. So it's hard, to, it's hard for people to know, uh, you know, why they're feeling badly. And, and it's, you know, one of the big jobs in therapy is to kind of boil things down and try to figure out what is the actual thing that, um, that you can change in your life to feel better. What about the idea of, you know, you're talking about the idea that what you're upset about isn't necessarily the thing you're upset about. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. What you're upset about isn't necessarily what's making you upset, what's making your life bad or good. And mm-hmm. so we express ourselves sometimes based on the immediate mm-hmm. uh, symptom or the thing that's most immediately affected, that trigger point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I had something Saturday night where I got a text message from something that on its own if I'd gotten it just about any other time in the last four days, mm-hmm. it would have been, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do that. Mm-hmm. But because it was the third in a series of three things mm-hmm. that I wasn't That's used right. to going a certain way, mm-hmm. that was the trigger. It Of the three things that I was angry about, mm-hmm. it was probably fifth. Right. Yes. Right on mm-hmm. the list. Mm-hmm. And, but it was the trigger. It was the thing that pushed me over the edge. And like I said, on its own, not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but compounded by the other three things that came before it, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. That's right. And, and there is a certain amount of strength that we have. It's amazing how much our emotions are, you know, the analogy of a muscle is very similar to how our emotions work. There's a certain amount of strength we have and our emotions work like a muscle in that, over time, we become weaker. And I think that's kind of what you're describing. Over time, we do become weaker if we're lifting a lot of weight. And emotionally, that is. And if you take a break, you can gain back some of your strength. If you lift a lot of weight emotionally over time, you do get stronger and you can handle more things. And if you lift too much weight at once, you can injure yourself. And all of a sudden, now you can't lift any weight at all for a while. And emotionally, kind of being aware of, of how much you've been lifting and maybe I'm in a not so great place and I can't handle anymore. It's not really about the, that text you got that made you upset. It's about the fact that you're just tired. You're just done. You've lifted too much weight already that day. And this is fascinating stuff. I mean, and it's, uh, once again, we, we started at point A and we've, uh, on our journey to point B, we've gone completely off the rails. But I'm, I'm finding this really interesting because this, 
I think, that, well, this is so universal in the mm-hmm. sense that we all get upset and sometimes we look back on it and go, geez, why was I so angry about that? It really mm-hmm. wasn't that big of a deal. So maybe we'll pause the conversation here uh, and eventually we'll steer back to rationality. But I have a question on how, what can you do if you find yourself really mad about something and, and how do you combat that before you blow your gasket? And we'll also just quickly remind you here, uh, situation downtown Portage Avenue blocked between Fort and Smith because of a suspicious package. Gary is also blocked between Ellis and Portage. And we'll be hearing from Global News reporter Christian O'Mell throughout the afternoon. Your forecast is coming up next. Brett McGarry with Greg Mackling. Dr. Cyrus is here as well. And we will return, resume our chat with Dr. Cyrus Dirksen momentarily. But we want to revisit downtown Winnipeg. Global News reporter Christian O'Mell is on scene where there is a suspicious package that has shut down a large part, a significant part of downtown Winnipeg. Christian, what is the latest? Well, the latest is that things haven't really changed. That They're actually uh, still working on things down here. The traffic is getting worse, as you would expect, as we get towards 3 o'clock here. Uh, so Portage is completely closed between Smith and Fort. So if you're turning onto Portage off Main, you got to get right on Notre Dame right away. And a lot of people that aren't getting the memo that it's closed is clogging up Notre Dame. Smith is backed up. Pretty much the Broadway portage backed up, eastbound, Bast Memorial. So really anyone venturing down here is going to be in for a long afternoon. And it's going to be a problem here. Some people have their cars parked in a park aid that's just where the bomb unit is working. They can't go get their cars. So they're standing outside of police tape waiting, and they don't know when they're going to be waiting until. This is the thing about a situation like this. No one really knows how long it's going to take because they have to be meticulous. They have to take their time. And as a result, abundance of caution. They close off a big stretch, even though it looks like the action is happening here on Gary, which is where I'm standing right now. And, again, a lot of people just standing around watching some of them because there's something going on. They want to look at it. But for others, it's because they want to go home. It's a Friday. It's near 3 o'clock, and it doesn't look like they're going to be going anywhere anytime soon. All right, Christian O'Mell, thank you so much for the update. Global News reporter Christian O'Mell joining us from downtown Winnipeg. Once again, suspicious package report came in uh, just after 12 o'clock. So as a result, Portage Avenue closed between Fort and Smith. Gary closed between Ellis and Portage. And that's having all kinds of cascading ramifications to pull a line from one Mr. Greg Mackling. Basically, if you can avoid downtown, do that. And if you can't, just be prepared for, uh, well, a headache, really, while you try to get through downtown. And that kind of ties into what we're talking about with Dr. Cyrus. The conversation started with an article from Psychology Today called You're Not Being Irrational. And we were talking about rationality. What is rationality? Conversation sort of morphed into acknowledging or being able to acknowledge and realize why you are upset in a moment and realizing that the thing that you're mad about might not actually be what you're mad about or might not be the source of what is causing your consternation. So, Dr. Cyrus, if you find yourself in that moment where you're, you're, you're boiling up, you're getting mad about something, how can you recognize that or do you have a tip as to what you can do to realize why you're mad. You know, it's funny. There, I like this uh, this phrase. Uh, you're 
you've been hijacked by your amygdala or an amygdala hijack. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard that before, but it was uh, kind of a, a phrase that a, a researcher came up with when they realized that, you know, kind of like a reflex, you know, sometimes, you know, you hit your knee and you can't, you don't really have a choice. Your, your knee, your leg moves uh, before the, the signal doesn't even get to your brain, it just kind of moves around in your leg and off, uh, away your leg goes. A little bit like that, uh, your amygdala will gets kind of first strike at new th- information coming in, and if it's you know dangerous or upsetting or emotional in some ways, sometimes it it kind of re- starts to react uh, before your rational mind gets to join in, and so you can get angry, and it can start all these threats coming in can start to bypass your rational mind. So are you being irrational? Well, if you're being emotional. Potentially, you know, you are losing 10 to 15 IQ points, they might say that you are, uh, you know, you are kind of reflexively almost uh, responding to people. And uh, so when I see couples, which is often happening, they get angry with one another. And I say, you know what, it's, it's not a good time to talk about stuff because, uh, you know, you are upset. You're thinking things are important when they're not important. And it might feel like you're being rational because your arguments are good. Um, but just because you're being rational doesn't mean you're being helpful and uh, that you're moving towards resolution. And so it's good to find a way out. And part of that would be uh, usually taking a break and, and figuring out a way to let your, uh, the soup in your brain kind of refresh itself. Because when you're in the middle of it, it seems like a reasonable response. It does seem reasonable. Right? Mm-hmm. We had that yesterday. I'm going to come out on the air. I'm going to apologize to Julie Buckingham. Julie was mm-hmm. trying to help. Brett and I was something, mm-hmm. but because of just the right timing, mm-hmm. she I guess it was two days ago, she had, you know, there's a guest that might be available at the start of your show. Now we come on the air at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. At nine o'clock in the morning, that suggestion would be welcomed with open arms. Mm-hmm. But because of the timing and because I now had some ownership on mm-hmm. the show plan and everything seemed to be, everything was quote unquote in place. Mm-hmm. Now somebody <laughs> comes along with something that clearly was better than what I had in place <laughs> for the time mm-hmm. that this might be available to us. Mm-hmm. I acted and reacted in what was clearly an irrational way, <laughs> but at the time and where I, from where I was sitting, it was totally rational because it's like, hey, I'm done here. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to, you know, step mm-hmm. in on what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And after about 15 seconds, I felt like about six inches tall, right? right? And I went over, I apologized to Julie, and I said, you were just trying to help out. But the timing mm-hmm. just was such that I <laughs> acted in a way that, A, I would normally never react, mm-hmm. but it was the timing of it all. Yes. I love it when sometimes I get couples who are lawyers come in uh, for counseling. And uh, when a lawyer, I just, they're just so good at this. Uh, you know, they, they get upset. Uh, they don't feel upset. Uh, oftentimes that happens to people. You don't feel like you're angry. So then when people tell you to relax, it doesn't make sense. And, uh, <laughs> and then when they get upset, especially, especially these lawyers are particularly good at it. Although we all, some, some people are better at it than others. Um, they can sound so rational and calm and yet they can destroy people <laughs> that they love. And that later on they'll be like, I don't want to destroy this person. That's not what's important right now. But they're very logical while they're doing it. So this kind of comes back to the article. They're very rational 
and logical and truthful and impressive and calm in their demeanor. And yet, what's important in that moment is to destroy somebody because their amygdala has gotten involved and they are in a fight or flight kind of response, even though, and they don't even realize it. And so they've leave this path of destruction and uh, without even realizing necessarily that they're activated or angry. And later on, they're like, wow, you were really like angry and impressive, but uh, it wasn't obvious. Not like somebody just punching somebody, which is more obvious that you're angry. And, uh, you know, and, but still they left this, you know, irrational, in some ways irrational because they didn't see what was important in the moment and they, uh, they regret it later. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen is a psychologist with Dr. Cyrus Dirksen and Associates. His website is drcyrus.com. 307 on this Friday afternoon and uh, avoiding uh, downtown traffic-wise. Uh, really good idea. I'm looking at Christian Omel's tweet from just a few moments ago on Portage Avenue to see Portage Avenue from about Donald all the way east of Portage and Maine, devoid of traffic except for a couple of police cars is absolutely... Did you use the word eerie? I'm sorry, Greg, what was that? Did you use the word eerie? It is eerie. Uh, it's it's like a ghost town. And as it turns out, Christian's on the phone, and he joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Christian, uh, is there anything new that you can tell us at this point? Well, I can see that the robot is at the corner of Portage and Gary, and we're standing at the corner of Portage and Smith, and they told us to move back behind the building, which seems to indicate that they're about to do something. I'm sure that likely means they're going to blow it up. And it sounds like they're going to close off the intersection of Portage and Smith entirely for a little bit here. So that means the traffic congestion in this area is going to get worse. Uh, But it looks like if they do blow that up, it obviously won't, you know, clear up in 10 minutes, but that means we're at least moving towards the conclusion here. And a lot of people, pedestrians around here, asking me what's going on. I tell them they're frustrated. They want to get into the buildings that are inside the yellow tape, but they're not going to be able to. Probably not today. It could be a while before it all gets cleared up. But the news is that it sounds like they're going to be blowing something up maybe in the next 10 minutes, Brett. All right, Christian O'Mel, thank you so much for the update. Global News reporter Christian O'Mel joining us live from downtown Winnipeg once again. Uh, if you can avoid downtown Winnipeg as far as traffic is concerned, you probably want to do that because Portage is closed between Fort and Smith. Gary is closed between Ellis and Portage, and it's having all sorts of uh, nightmarish consequences as far as various other, all the routes that sort of funnel into the area are all starting to back up. One story that you will hear about later on tonight on the various uh, news agencies, Twitter, Facebook, a uh, malware cyber attack has hit English hospitals and FedEx, amongst other organizations. About 74 countries around the globe have been affected by this massive cyber attack. Uh, I'll just read this from NBC News real quick. More than a dozen hospitals in England and major companies, including FedEx and Spain's largest telecom company, were targets Friday of a crippling malware that appeared to be part of a large-scale cyber attack across the globe. U.S. companies were being warned to protect themselves against the threat, which reportedly blocked access to computers in exchange for a ransom. Ransomware, we've heard that conversation. We've heard that terminology in the past where basically you have to cough up if you want to get your own information back.
And also uh, the ransomware attack also affecting Spain's Ministry of Energy, Tourism and Digital Agenda, as well as other countries. So this is a fairly significant ransomware attack. So as Greg mentioned, you will be hearing more about this uh, from national and international news sources. We were talking about Mother's Day earlier. We were Dumb gifts that you bought your mom over the years, or maybe you had some odd experiences. Bob had a great story where he took his mom for out for supper, and it was the last time he took her out for supper because it was a, a bit of a nightmare. And we got some text messages that we weren't able to get to, and I'm just looking for one of them, and it says, oh, yes, here we go. Best gift from my son. A decorative box he had hidden under his bed that had a spider web and infestation of baby spiders all over it when he gave it to me. Outstanding. And then the follow-up, the next year, a bouquet of flowers that he ran over while delivering them home on his bike. (laughs) So Calia Flowers wasn't around back then. And the year before, not only did he give you that lovely box, he also probably gave you arachnophobia. Yes, that would just be... Terrifying. I, I have. I am one of these people with. Uh, I, I used to have a really heavy fear of spiders, and yet Spider Man is my favorite superhero. So that's always been a little odd. Now I try to just have sort of a, a mutual. Like a, if I see a spider in my home, I kind of think, well, that's freaky. But where there are spiders, there are things to eat. So I kind of leave the spiders alone and let them kind of clean up. Clean the clean up the trash. You know what they say about spiders? You're never more than about three meters away from one <laughs> at any given time. Just so you know, and you'll eat a certain number in your sleep well, throughout your I, lifetime. That might be a myth. It may be, but I'm just saying you know what they say. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't say it was true. I'm not endorsing <laughs> the idea. I'm just. Planting the seed so you don't sleep tonight. I got an email from Susan. She said, one Mother's Day when my kids were three, four, and six, I was given breakfast in bed. Sounds delightful. Oh, yes. Sign me up. Cold coffee from the day before. They weren't allowed to use appliances. Cheerios and water because mom doesn't like milk. They all sat at the end of the bed, smiling brightly to watch me eat it. Oh, God. Oh, you're a good mom, Susan. I don't know how far you got, but uh, yeah. I think we've been there before. Cheerios in a in water. Said mm-hmm. as uh, I'd like to say. Eve also sent us a text here. Where is it? He says, my wife and I purchased a crap load of wine at the wine <laughs> festival. Happy Mother's Day. That's a great idea, Eve. Good for you. Uh, we're going to pause here and have a look at traffic and weather coming up next on 680 CJOB. Rep McGarry with Greg Mackling on 680 CJOB. And we have been telling you all afternoon that there's been a situation downtown, traffic closure, as you heard, Portage Avenue, due to a suspicious package. Christian O'Mell told us moments ago, not 10 minutes ago, that it looks like they were getting ready to perhaps take action to blow up the package and... That's the sound of exactly that. Christian O'Mell joins us now live once again. Christian, how long ago was that moment? Brett, I'd say about five minutes ago, they blew it up. And right now the robot has backed up from where it was before. And it looks like it's not heading back to the truck. It doesn't look like the business is finished yet, but it has moved out from where it was sitting for about 20 minutes. 
Now, the big deal with traffic right now is that Smith and Portage, the intersection, is totally closed. You can't even walk across it. And cars on Smith, really, a few cars back from the intersection, they all have no idea that the intersection's closed unless they're listening to the GOB, Then they'll know. But right now, traffic is super backed up. However, the progress is that the bomb has been blown up. And right now, it's just a matter of getting the bomb robot to clean it up, getting the bomb robot back into the truck, and then evaluating whether or not it was actually anything that should have been deemed suspicious in the first place. Christian, for those just tuning in, can you tell us uh, exactly where this package was? So it looked like it was on top of a garbage bin of some kind at the corner of Gary and Portage, the southwest corner. Uh, buildings were evacuated. The call came in about 12.25 this afternoon, and everything's been taped off since. Uh, people have had to get out of buildings in the area. People's cars, if they're in a parkade nearby, haven't been able to get them out. So some people are trapped downtown, can't go home. A lot of people in cars are obviously trapped as well because they can't go anywhere. They've been sitting here at this intersection, some for as long as 20, 25 minutes. People are getting out of their cars. People have turned their cars off. And it looks like, again, progress being made, but that doesn't mean it's going to open up in 10 minutes. It's still probably quite a while still before all the tape comes down and all the cars can be allowed back through. So if you're, like Casey said, heading downtown, you might want to avoid that. And if you're you can't avoid that, then I guess it's going to be a long afternoon for you. One of the starkest images was your tweet of the image of vehicles nowhere to be seen on Portage Avenue. And I've just seen footage from uh, the traffic uh, helicopter from Casey Gibb. And the only thing that rivals your picture is how far back traffic is backed up, uh, in particular on eastbound Portage Avenue. So, uh, Christian, thanks for the update on this. We will uh, stay in touch throughout the afternoon. All right. Thank you very much. Christian O'Mell, Global News reporter. And with the remaining two minutes that we have left here before we have to pause to have a look at weather. Welcome to Raw is Jericho! Time for our final pair of Beat the Box Office tickets to Chris Jericho. The words of Jericho, Friday, August 25th. Or did tickets go on sale today? Are they any Beat the Box Office? I think they did. I think they went off uh, on sale this morning. All right. So uh, we're not entirely sure about that. Regardless, we got tickets to give away. Chris Jericho, the words of Jericho, Friday, August 25th at the Club Regent Event Center. And today's question is we're looking for fans of Chris Jericho. So... Who did Chris Jericho beat to become the first ever undisputed champion in world wrestling entertainment? 204-780-6868 is the number to call. We need you to call it in. Also note, it is a two-part answer. I need you to be able to successfully identify both parts of this equation. Who did Chris Jericho beat to become the first ever undisputed champion in the WWE. 204-780-6868 is the number to call. And if you know the answer, you could be going to see Chris Jericho, the words of Jericho, Friday, August 25th at the Club Regent Event Center. Still to come this afternoon on Mackling and McGarry, we are going to hear from Hal Anderson to find out what's happening on Hal Anderson weekends coming up over the next couple of days. And we will also hear from Julie Buckingham and Matt Cardy to tee up what is coming up on the news from 4 until 7 
on 680 CJOB. Your forecast and sports with the Clayman. All coming up next. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. And we are joined. We are honored. As always, Friday at 3.38 to be joined by Hal Anderson. Hello, gentlemen. What's going on, man? Oh, uh, lots of stuff. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the show tomorrow. My mom will be on the show Sunday for Mother's Day, so we'll talk to Ada. Okay. She doesn't know we'll talk to her, but we will. <laughs> uh, because I just phone her up and I record the call and, you know, one so day. So she's not prepping? No, I don't think, no, she never, never preps, no. So um, How but, is she not on to you? I, here's the thing, Brett. I, I think she is on to me, and she's liking mm. what's going on. But right. she's now got to keep up the act, right? Because halfway, I, I called her yesterday, in fact, so I already know what she's going to say on Sunday. So I called her. And about halfway through, she goes, you haven't got me on the air again, have you? <laughs> and I go, no, Mom. And she goes, okay, and then she's right back into it, right? So I think she's on to it, but she's enjoying it, I think. I think she likes that, you know, people. And and now she's uh, listening in Alberta. So in the past, she hasn't been able to listen to me on the radio. Now she hears me on the radio. So she's listening, and oh, yeah. She's she's giving me show ideas. She'll, she'll say to me, hey, I was thinking, maybe you should see what kind of crazy stuff people have found in their food. <laughs> and I throw it out just as a, hey, my mom said, ha, ha, ha. And the phones light up. Oh, yeah. It's lit up like crazy. We talked all morning long about crazy stuff found in food. But let me just quickly take my time here. I want to make sure I, I make good use of my time. So lots on the show winning. We're giving away uh, passes to the new Guardians movie. Have you seen that yet, Brett? Yes. Is it good? As good as the first one? I would say... Just very, I'll very quickly say yeah. no, but that's not because the movie is bad. That's okay. because the first movie was such a pleasant surprise right. yeah. that it was impossible to to capture lightning in a yeah. bottle again. But I still very much enjoyed it. Okay. Greg saw it too with his boys, and, and I think you guys all loved it, right? Absolutely loved yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, I'm anxious to see it. But anyway, we got passes we're going to give away on the show tomorrow and again on Sunday as well. But let me use my time uh, wisely here. So I get a call a few weeks ago, and, and I've got hot dog carts left from when I was the dog father in Winnipeg, right? <laughs> and I've got hot dog carts left. And over the years, I've continued to lend them out, right? So a charity will call and say, hey, can we borrow your hot dog cart? And I've done that. I've loaded it up with hot dogs out of my own pocket. Not a big expense, but these charities and causes go on to make lots of money with these things. So I get a call a couple of weeks ago from the Girl Guides. Hey, Hal, do you still have a hot dog cart? Yes, in fact, I do. We're going to be cleaning the green space from Bishop Grant, along Bishop Grandin, from River Road to St. Mary's, would you be okay? Could we, uh, you know, feed the girls and maybe, uh, you know, take donations and, and get rid of a few more and, you know, make some money? No problem. In fact, let me get back to you. I phone Ed over at Cantor's, right? Because Ed and I have been talking. And so Ed hooks them up. So now they're loaded up free. They're going to feed the girls. Nice. And they're going to take some donations for a few other hot dogs. And they're going to make some money. Now, Ed and I now are saying, wait a sec, should we be doing this on a regular basis? Because as CGOB's community ambassador, it's about making a difference out there and telling those great stories out there. So Ed and I are working on this. Do you think it's a good idea? I think it's brilliant. If you think it's a good idea, Hal at CGOB.com, let me know what you think, because we may do something like this. And then, you know, if you've got a big event coming up, you're a charity, you're a, a good organization, and you want some help, maybe the cart goes out with Ed's... Hot dogs and uh, everybody wins. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I do too. So this is sort of a test. That's happening uh, tomorrow morning. uh, uh, I'm not sure the hours, but tomorrow, Bishop Grand in between St. Mary's and River Road. So 
Good on the girl guides. Good on Absolutely. you, Hal. Absolutely, yeah. Well so I'm, I'm hoping to get a few cookies out of the girls for this. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's my. That's hope. really what this is well, all about. It's all about it? trade, eh? I, my my life is about trade now. It's like, hey, can I have some cookies for some hot dogs? Cookies or? for hot dogs. Yeah. That's a good. That's yeah. not a bad. Uh, you no know? draft choices need to be involved there. <laughs> no. That sounds like no, that's a good a straight nice up. straight across I trade. Like that Absolutely. Too. Anyhow, so that's exciting that that's happening tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes, and maybe we'll do it some more. All right, Hal Anderson, okay, thank you so much. 7 thank and 10 you. tomorrow and Sunday. Yep. And got to quickly tell you, as if we need more problems this afternoon, Cavalier is blocked south of Ness. Uh, we, we just got a text saying, any info on heavy police presence on Ness and Cavalier? Well, it turns out police have Cavalier Drive. Uh, Cavalier. What the heck? Cavalier Drive. There you go. Blocked just south of Ness Avenue. It's uh, it is Friday, right? Yes, and I'm rubbing off on you. I apologize. <laughs> uh, we got to quickly congratulate our Chris Jericho winner as well. Where is that name? Robert Jolivet. Congratulations, you won our final pair of tickets for Chris Jericho, The Words of Jericho, which is happening Friday, August 25th at the Club Regent Event Center. Today's question was it was a two pronged answer. Who did Chris Jericho beat? to become the first ever undisputed champion in the WWE. Did you know the answer, Greg? Oh, no, of nope. course not. <laughs> uh, well, okay, first I'll just, the setup is that it was at Vengeance, the pay-per-view Vengeance in 2001 in San Diego, December 9th, 2001, and there were two matches that gave him the undisputed title. First, he beat The Rock. You can't stop, can't stop! The Rock. And then he beats Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Here's the call from JR. Oh God, I don't believe this. Austin's not moving. Jericho's got a leg hook. Oh my God, don't tell me to move. Oh my God, it can't be happening. I call him Brady. Jericho has done it. The winner of this match. <laughs> Who could have known that was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have predicted that? I know. I just love Jim Ross. He got so into it. For the love of God. That was a great moment for Chris Jericho in his career. So enjoy the show, Robert Jolivet, and to all of our listeners who won tickets to see Chris Jericho uh, because winners become listeners on Mackling and McGarry. <laughs> I screwed that up, too. Winners become listeners. Yes. Or listeners become winners, and however on, we a, want. And on the Hal Anderson show where listeners become disappointed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, Hal. And uh, I think I need to press pause because I clearly... <laughs> the connection between my brain and my mouth there has is been no connection. severed. It's gone. It's 345. Traffic and weather. Next. Tonight in Vancouver, you too... Launching the 30th anniversary tour, Joshua Tree Tour, Norma Pauls, listening to Mackling and McGarry. She'll be at the concert tonight. She qualified while listening to our program. We were hoping to hear from Norma today. Did not work out. Yeah, don't twirl your finger like that, Buckingham. Mackling and McGarry, where <laughs> listeners become winners. Matt Cardi, Julie Buckingham, joining us in studio now. Of course, uh, the top story today, all afternoon, has been what's going on in downtown Winnipeg. Uh, traffic still uh, blocked off of Portage Avenue for the uh, most part, uh, anywhere between Smith and Main Street, for yes. all intents and purposes. So we'll keep tabs on that situation. We may have your winner on the air. I'm not sure if we're going to check in with Richard Cloutier or not. He may have made contact with her. So um, 
They might become a winner on your program. On, but they re- might... on his research assignment. Yes, uh, but she may join us on, on this show. That's so okay. He's on we'll a research see. assignment? That's why I'm here? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, we will also make someone a winner and uh, a little double shot of Brett McGarry on the show. He will join us as we give away Krista Berg tickets and also uh, tell us what's new at the movies this afternoon. We're also going to talk with a uh, First Nations chief uh, way up north. Uh, he's in the northwest corner of the province. As you know, the Bombers are doing this initiative where they're flying in kids really cool. from these First mm-hmm. Nations uh, to come to a, a home game with the Bombers, get the VIP treatment, meet the players, the whole thing. So we talk about what that means to his community. And a couple of the torchbearers are going to join us in studio to talk about the experience they're going to have. Naked torches? The, what? <laughs> a couple of torchbearers. Yes. For the Canada Summer Games. Oh, Canada Summer Games. Yes, Got and it. one of them puts us all to shame. <laughs> yeah. She's apparently just absolutely phenomenal. I'm phenomenal? McGarry's phenomenal? Cardi, you phenomenal? We'll see I'm if you're okay. phenomenal at 81. Okay? <laughs> Cardi so, has enough. phenomenal hair. <laughs> Julie's in hair since she renovated that situation. Yes. <laughs> That, you know what? My, the words I am choosing today are really you renovated bad. that situation. I think it's that makes it sound like it was bad before. It, it was. No, it that's wasn't. I said to my hairdresser. I was like, you know what? This haircut has proven to me that for the last couple of years things have been a little rocky. No, it was so, fine before, but now it's great. I so. was noticing yours is a little floofy today. Yeah. Well, I, Brett got a haircut today. He's got product and no, they there's blow no product. No, there's no hair. product. That's why it's <laughs> floofy. It looks awesome. Matt Cardi in for Richard. Cluche and Julie Buckingham. Uh, hopefully, going to have our winner from Vancouver at the U2 concert uh, tonight. Uh, you know, I know that we're a team here, but there are times when uh, we do take ownership of certain things, including my Attention fears. In the water. Imagine this. Attention in the water. This is the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Be advised, State Parks is asking us to make an announcement to let you know you are paddleboarding next to approximately 15 great white sharks. Uh, they're advising that you exit the water in a calm manner. Uh, <laughs> the sharks are as close as the surf line. Yep. You're Thank on you a- for your cooperation. Yeah, you're welcome, Mr. Police Officer in the Sky. That came down from a helicopter over a beach in Southern California yesterday. There was a paddle border right in the middle, and you can see the video of the shadows and the outline and the actual sharks in this video, and he's right in the middle of the school of about 15 great white sharks. You're going to have to get out of the water in a calm fashion, yeah, please. Yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> I'm surrounded by 15 beasts, who prehistoric beasts, who can... Yeah, thanks, dude! Yeah. I'm on the way out! Yeah, let me Peace. just... I'll just lackadaisically swim back to shore. Yeah, That's terrifying, and that's your greatest fear, is it not? Well, that wouldn't happen to me, because I wouldn't be in the water in the first place, so... It's a little case of schadenfreude. Our last pair of tickets for Cirque du Soleil Curios, Cabinet of Curiosities, goes to Sherry Hollop, who provided us with a story about her mom for Mother's Day at CJOB.com. You want to read it, Greg? You're a good reader. Well, you're usually a good reader. Do you want me to try this? I I can't speak today, so you do it. (laughs) Sherry Hollop uh, says, Mom is selfless, never asks for anything, never complains, and would do anything for her family. Raising three daughters and one grandson, mom has always been there for us. Battling cancer since last fall, we didn't think she'd be here for this mom's day. Thanks, mom, for being a tough chick, 
even when it's so hard. Love you. That's from Sherry to her mom. And uh, Sherry and her mom will be going to see Curios, Cabinet of Curiosities, under the big top at the intersection of McGilvery. No. Sterling Lion. Thank you. And Keniston. And that opens, almost moved the tent. And it all and it opens June second, and it runs into July. And if you want more information on that, CirqueDuSoleil.com. That's all the time we have. I am Brett. He is Greg. Jeff Fortier and Master Control. The news with Julie Buckingham and Matt Cardi is up next.